You're listening to our series called Radiance, a practical study on the seven churches of Revelation. Today's reading comes from 2 Kings 9, 6-10, 30-37. Jehu got up and went into the house. Then the prophet poured the oil on Jehu's head and declared, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anoint you king over the Lord's people, Israel. You are to destroy the house of Ahab, your master, and I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel. The whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the son of Besha, son of Ahijah. As for Jezebel, dogs will devour her on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then he opened the door and ran. Continuing in verse 30, Then Jehu went to Jezreel. When Jezebel heard about it, she put on eye makeup, arranged her hair, and looked out of a window. As Jehu entered the gate, she asked, Have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master? He looked up at the window and called out, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked down at him. Throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down, and some of her blood splattered the wall and the horses as they trampled her underfoot. Jehu went in and ate and drank. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her, for she was a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except her skull, her feet, and her hands. They went back and told Jehu, who said, This is the word of the Lord that he spoke through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. On the plot of ground at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be like dung on the ground in the plot of Jezreel, so that no one will be able to say, This is Jezebel. Here's Justin Hibbard with today's lesson called Resist Jezebel's Seduction, Part 3 on the Church of Thyatira. Perhaps there's no character in Scripture that is more synonymous with evil than Jezebel. While she was the wife of Ahab, a king of Israel, who did more evil than all of the kings before him, it's clear that Jezebel was really the one running the kingdom. Under their leadership, they slaughtered God's prophets, hunted Elijah, practiced all sorts of malice and falsehood, had their own citizens killed for selfish gain, and the list goes on and on. While Ahab died in battle, Jezebel doesn't receive her justice until King Jehu comes to power. In 2 Kings 9, we read of Jezebel's demise, and look what she does. As she hears about Jehu coming into the city, she puts on eye makeup and does her hair. Maybe she knew Jehu was coming to get her, and she was going to try to seduce him to spare her life. Maybe she thought that she could once again become a queen if she could only seduce for herself a new king. Fortunately, Jehu resists. He throws her out the window and rids Israel of her once and for all. The church at Thyatira had a queen Jezebel in their midst. She had taken a position of authority in the church, and she was leading others into all sorts of physical pleasures, and in turn, she was becoming stronger and stronger. Just like Queen Jezebel, her position of authority was gained at others' expenses. Perhaps her longevity as a so-called prophetess within the church had numbed the sensitivities of others, or she was like a cancer, a tumor, who had grown and latched onto other parts of the body so that it was nearly impossible to remove her. Clearly, there are two groups at Thyatira. There are ones who are resisting and ones who have been seduced and are unwilling to repent. Though this Jezebel is probably a reference to a real person in Thyatira, I can't help but also think of a figurative Jezebel in this story. While our church may not struggle with a real Jezebel, we definitely wrestle with another type of Jezebel in our homes, sexual purity. 
My heart goes out to my children, who will grow up more exposed to sexual immorality than my generation. It's everywhere, television, the internet, and it's generally becoming part of our culture. Like a cancer, it has spread its tentacles in all areas of our society, and it is difficult to go a day without hearing a sexually explicit joke or seeing a lewd image. It is difficult not to become desensitized to it. Make no mistake, sexual impurity, whether it's pornography or sex outside of marriage, will destroy the hearts of individuals who succumb to its fleeting seduction. As difficult as it is, we must resist it and not give it a place in our hearts. Because when we give it a place in our personal hearts, we are giving it authority in our homes and in our church. Notice what Jehu does when he captures Jezebel. First, he never enters the house where she is staying. Two eunuchs, men who are celibate and less susceptible to Jezebel's scheming, throw her out the window. Jehu must have known Jezebel's reputation and took proper precautions. Secondly, he doesn't even reason with her. Just toss her out the window, he says. We can learn how to deal with the temptation of sexual impurity from Jehu's example. Maybe Jehu knew that he could fall prey to the seduction attempts of a beautiful woman, or maybe he wanted to protect himself so that it could never accidentally happen. You know yourself. You know what will lead you into temptation. Stay away from it. Don't go near. Don't put yourself in that compromising position. If you are a parent, make a proactive plan for your family. Our children will be bombarded with messages of impurity. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in 2007, nearly half of U.S. high school students reported having had sexual intercourse. Maryland law requires sex education to begin at age 12, and I guarantee that abstinence isn't the prevailing message from the teacher. So how will we combat it? Will we address it only after the fact, or will we be proactive in teaching against it? Make your home a safe refuge of purity. If our children are to resist Jezebel, then not only do we need to model purity, but we must make a safe place of refuge away from her influence. I imagine that there are some reading or listening to this message who are currently wrestling with the Jezebel. Maybe you really have a difficult time resisting her ploys of lust and immorality. Let me assure you there's hope. The God of forgiveness is calling you to repentance. Jesus is calling you to walk out of that house where she is staying. If you are a child of the Most High, then you are no slave to Jezebel. He has anointed you to break her stronghold. He has given you authority over her. Don't let her seduction steal your joy. Remember who you are in Christ, and then remind the devil of your privileged position in the kingdom of the Most Holy. The idea of radiance is simple. We at New Hope Chapel want to be a relevant Relevant, church. But more important than being relevant to the world, we want to be relevant to Jesus. Jesus. We believe God still speaks and His Word is still relevant to us. His message to the seven churches in Revelation has a historical context, but their lessons are eternal. So we're engaging with God through His Word and through prayer and saying, God, what is it that you want from our church? If we seek God's face, we know he's going to speak to us, and we will radiate with the glory of God. Radiate with the glory Join of God. us on this journey as our pastor, Justin Hibbard, leads us in building a church after God's own heart. God's own heart. God's own heart. New Hope Chapel is a ministry in Arnold, Maryland. You can find out more about our church at newhopechapel.org. Special thanks to the least of these for the music for this podcast.